Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Relief Cast once again. So excited today. I have an amazing guest on today, Nicole Bruder. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for having me. You bet. Thanks for being here. Uh, I also want to thank the listeners for your support. We have just reached over 20,000 downloads. I am so excited for that. So thank you so much for supporting. And I give all the credit to these amazing guests, and today's no different. Um, I do want to thank our sponsor, uh, Ver- uh, Veracity Networks, and uh, my good friend Drew Peterson, who has uh, made that possible. And I want to thank them and for all the good work they do in their community and making this possible. So anyway, so I'm excited, Nicole. <laughs> oh, me too, Todd. This is fun. Yeah. So let me give you a little background on Nicole. Uh, Nicole, uh, she grew up uh, in Provo, Utah. She attended Brigham Young University and the University of Utah. So do you bleed blue or red? I mean, you we know, gotta... <laughs> I, that's a good question. I'm kind of a toss up. <laughs> yes. Okay, good. Um, she, she's married to the love of her life. She says Jeff, and I know Jeff really well. He's one of the, one of the, one of the great ones out there for sure. Um, and it sounds like he's always kind of giving you the wings to do the things that you want to do in life. Is yep. that correct? Yep. That is the truth. He yeah. supports and encourages me in every way. It's, it's, I'm pretty lucky. Wow. Well, you have also three amazing daughters, Nicole. Uh, no, it's not Nicole. It's Chloe. Chloe. <laughs> and and then what are the other two? Hannah names? and Olivia. Chloe, yep. Hannah and Olivia. Beautiful yep. names. Yes. Yeah. You're Nicole, right? And I'm Nicole, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to, Nicole has an amazing story. She's lived an amazing life. Uh, she has an, a, a company called uh, Lime Ricky. It's a swimwear company, which we're going to get into. It's a uh, Started from nothing, scratch, yep. and now it's just taken off and uh, amazing uh, company, and I can't wait to get into that. You're also a cancer survivor. Yep. Uh, I mean, it sounds like you've had bouts with it three times yep. <laughs> over a little while, and uh, but you've also been clean from it. Is that what you would say? Yeah, I would say I'd be in, been in remission. For, remission. Yeah. For 17 years, correct? Yep. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. You're very passionate about human rights, which I want to get into as well. You enjoy reading, yoga, and getting your hands dirty with do-it-yourself projects. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, I've known Nicole for a long time now, an amazing individual, very positive. Uh, she has a presence about her, and uh, I, that's why I wanted you on here because I just know how you live your life, and uh, I want my listeners to know you. Oh. Oh, thanks so much. Yes. It's such an honor to be here. I've really enjoyed listening to your podcast and to all the different guests that you've had on and the perspectives that they bring. So I'm really excited to share some of my story. Great. Awesome. Well, why don't we start, like, give us a little background. You, you, you've you mentioned off the air that you've kind of had an interesting life growing up. Let's, yeah. let's talk about your family and where you grew up yeah. and all that. Okay. Well, I know I said that I grew up in Provo, Utah, and that is true, but I also... Um, had some really unique experiences. So when um, before I was born, my parents um, had two kids, and my dad was an attorney um, and had an opportunity to move to Kabul, Afghanistan oh, wow. um, to do some work there. Um, Afghanistan was a different country than it is today, and sure. um, it was safe, and it was becoming a more progressive country, and he was there on a grant from the Ford Foundation to work with the Afghani government to do... Okay some work and so they lived there and for some crazy reason my mom decided it would we we needed to add another person to the family (laughs) and so um i was born in afghanistan really yes um a really unique thing yeah it's it's one of those things that um like i don't really think about all that often i don't remember living there 
But it's it came in really handy growing up when you'd play like two truths and a lie or <laughs> oh, I bet those it did. get to know you games, you for know. Sure, yeah. But um, um, it was I think my mom's really brave and courageous for having Absolutely. a baby in a foreign country. My parents were not um, employees of the U.S. government, so okay. we didn't really have embassy rights. So my dad was able to work it out and negotiate. So I was born in a clinic, the embassy clinic, okay. um, the U.S. embassy clinic there. But the doctor who delivered me hadn't delivered a baby since medical school. And oh, wow. I mean, it wasn't a common thing for sure. Americans to be born in Afghanistan in the early 1970s. So, yeah. yeah, that's something really unique about me. Well, what's funny when I think of Af Afghanistan, and I know this is not the case, you know, it seems like this big, scary you know, yeah. place. And I'm sure it's not all like that. You kind of see what you see on the news kind of thing. But so right. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. sure it wasn't. Like At that, that time, it wasn't. The Taliban yeah. had not infiltrated right. and it was safe and um, really a cool experience for my family. Um, How long were you there? So you we know? moved when I was six months old and oh, came okay. back to the States. That's why but you don't remember. I don't remember a thing. <laughs> but my parents would, I mean, they did not let anything deter them from seeing the country. So they took my, they had a backpack that my dad would put, strap me in. And we went, all, I have pictures of me all over the world. Um, when we left Afghanistan, we went home via the Orient. So um, Thailand and Bangkok and um, Hong Kong. And they just took our took our family on these adventures that were so cool and yeah, wow. i wish i remembered them but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yeah before i was six months old or seven months old i traveled halfway around the world and wow yeah um and so then we went back um and lived in provo um for several years and then when i was like seven my dad had another opportunity um by then he was uh a law professor at BYU, and he okay. had an opportunity to go do some work at the University of Cairo Law School. And so um, we moved to Cairo, Egypt for two years. But this, wow. And I'll tell you a couple, a couple yeah. of cool things about it. First sure. off, um, to get there, my parents decided, like, we, we better go see the world while we're on our way. So we flew to Hamburg, Germany, and my parents had ordered a van from the VW factory, and we really? we flew into Hamburg and went to the factory and picked up this van, um, <laughs> and then we just drove around Europe for six weeks. Um, wow. My Yeah, my parents had met in Paris, so we went up through to Paris and through Europe, and I have so many memories of like my mom making baguette sandwiches on her lap and passing them to us in the back of the van, just... Um, and eating like warm figs in the, in right. Turkey in like in wow. the back of the van listening to James Taylor. But we just saw <laughs> so much of the world and we have all these um, so much family time that we spent together. And, yeah. you know, we were a normal family. We fought and sure. to get along and stuff. But we also like these experiences like on the road and as a family, we had to figure out how to get along and live. Yeah. You know, we were in a small space and yeah, it helps kind of strengthen connections. Yeah. 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 Staying in little ho hotels. And we, we spent like maybe a, five days in a chateau in the French countryside and ate sometimes at a fancy restaurant and sometimes, you know, like my mom making a sandwich for us in the car. So it was really um, a cool experience to see so much wow. of the world. And we um, ended up driving to Greece where we caught a ferry over to Cairo. And so that's how we got to Cairo. And really? Yeah. And that's it was, I, I laugh because one of the only things that I remember about the ferry ride is that 
It was over. It was far enough that it was overnight. We had like a little bunk room with bunk beds. And okay. for dinner, my mom brought sardines and crackers, and that's what we had for dinner. <laughs> so yeah, right. So when we when we finally got off the ferry and into the van, like the first thing we wanted to do was go eat. And we found the little roadside restaurant and next to the Nile River. And wow. Um, yeah, That's ordered so lunch, cool. and my mom was like, "You cannot eat any lettuce or tomatoes. Like, don't eat the salad until we acclimate to, you know, the water system and everything there." Exactly. So, anyways, yeah, but it was really interesting. And how long did you end up staying there? So we lived there for two years. Two, so, okay. Yeah, and so again, my parents were the same way. By then, we had five kids in our family. I had two younger brothers and two older sisters, and we just my parents wanted us to see as much as we could so we were riding horses and camels and donkeys and climbing pyramids and wow. looking at archaeological sites and we went to israel we went to russia for two weeks um <laughs> i mean we just did everything that we could to see the world and i think that's one of the greatest gifts that they gave us is the oh, chance yeah. to like see um other cultures other religions right. other um other races like I yeah. remember when I was when we lived in Provo and I was probably six years old I had never seen an African-American in my neighborhood before and we had right. like a door-to-door -door salesman coming door-to-door uh -huh. -door, and I saw him and I had never seen a black person in our community and I said something to my mom and she was like I think I think that's one of the things that made them realize like we need to we need to get back out into the world and see yeah. that there's more. Yeah, um, yeah, kind of, because it's kind of a little bit of a bubble down there, yeah, right? Yeah, you know? yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah, well, there was not a lot of diversity <laughs> in Provo, Utah at that time. But yeah, so I think um, what they gave us was an appreciation for so many different people. And suddenly, like, we were the only white people in some of these situations and it was really good um for us to see the world is so much bigger and we are all more connected than we realize wow that's awesome yeah. at the time when you were you know obviously going through this as a younger kid did you appreciate it like you do now even or 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 did you even kind of know or feel like a vacation it, it it just felt like normal okay. like yeah, yeah this is just what we're this doing this is just what we do yeah. my parents had always um We'd always traveled some, you know, even when we weren't traveling big. So, yeah, it just felt like that's what our family does. And we yeah. were excited about it. What were some of the lessons that you learned? I mean, it sounds like your parents, I mean, they were really seeing things out, further out. Like, we, we want to do this for our kids because this is going to benefit them in the long run. Mm -hmm. Is that yeah. fair to say? Yeah. yeah. yeah definitely. What, what were some of the lessons that you learned through this as, you know, as you look back and... Yeah, yeah, I think one of the things that um, I appreciate the most is just that I feel more connected to everyone around the world and right. that the world is smaller, that we are all the same, but as humans doing the yeah. best that we can with families and belief systems and that um, no one is better than another and yeah. to have compassion for different situations um, and to try to... Um, be a person who shares their light and their goodness yeah. and who is full of love, not hate. And right. yeah, wow. so that's... I mean, that's huge. Yeah. I mean, what you're saying there, I mean, if everyone would learn this and not only learn it, but embrace it, how different things would be. Right. You know, right. in a lot of ways. And so it's cool that you, those are the lessons or at least some of the lessons, but 
yeah. how big they are though. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I think one of the other things that I learned was how important my family is to me yeah. in those times and that we could rely on each other and count on each other. And I think some of those experiences um, really bonded me to my siblings sure. and my parents and yeah, yeah and how, um, how much fun you can have as a family. So right. yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, in the back of a van driving in the exactly <laughs> singing James Taylor, <laughs> singing James Taylor, eating a sandwich, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> in the middle of Germany somewhere. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's so, awesome. Yeah, really fun memories. Very uh, cool. Yeah. So um, as you move forward in life, I mean, so you finally eventually come back and you're now still living. Yeah, so we in, came back. We came back to the same house, the okay. same schools. And then um, when I was in eighth grade, my dad took another sabbatical year, and we moved to Boston. Okay. And he taught for a year at Harvard Law School. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that was really cool. So that was just another experience, although it wasn't international. It was another chance for our family to get away. Yeah. Um, and we were growing up, you know. Most of us were teenagers. My youngest brother was like in third grade and my oldest sister was in college. So she came and did a year at a little or a, a semester at a little university. Okay. So we were all together for some of the time. But again, my I mean, we just like we'd go to Niagara Falls or Plymouth or we just traveled all over and saw wow. the New England and um, really got involved. It was hard to move at that time. You know, in our lives, we were more attached to our friends and school yeah, and things. Yeah, you don't want to leave. Yeah, yeah, so it was a little hard for, you know, the first couple weeks, but we adjusted. And by the time we, we didn't want to move back back to Provo. Yeah, we you're loved like, let's stay so here. Yeah, it was so cool. And and it was that, again, was a different experience living back east. and Right. Yeah. So then after that year in Boston, you Then come we back. came back to Provo, and I graduated from high school. and. So you from eighth on, you... We're, my, yep, we're settled at least for yeah. a few years and finished high school and yep. all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was like either a really interesting life or, you know. Yeah. Did you have normal. Did you have a hard time adjusting when you would come back? Like, did you feel disconnected from the friends that you had before? And did you have to try to fit back in somehow? A or? little bit. I think life went on for them together, you know, yeah. and I was separate. But a year isn't too long and it was okay. Right. Yeah. I just kind of took a little few yeah. weeks to feel like I was back into the yeah. groove of things. Do, do you find because of those adventures and stuff that you were more confident about you? I think in a lot of ways, yes. I think it gave me confidence that I can adapt and make friends anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and I did um, make friends, even though it felt like, especially when we moved to Boston, like I'll never have anyone who <laughs> likes me. Everyone thinks we're weird. And <laughs> um, right. Yeah. But no, yeah, it was, I think it was really good for my, my confidence and um, just to have that experience. Yeah. Just as I'm sitting here hearing you say this, it just, it reminds me of the principle of life happens for us. Um, you, you had to maybe dig a little deeper, a little more effort in making sure that you cultivated with friends and this and that, because you're you know, jumping around a lot, at least when you were younger, which caused you to stretch and grow, right? So right. it was actually a blessing oh, when you look at it that way, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like it was a gift. For gift sure. For me. Yeah. Yeah. And, okay. I, and I think how it kind of even plays into who you are today, actually, which we're going to get more into in a minute here. But <laughs> <laughs> so let's jump ahead. You graduate from high school and uh -huh. what, what plans did you have in your mind and what did you want to do? You and, know what? I had a really hard time like figuring out what I wanted to do like I education was very important to my parents my dad you know was a law professor and my mom um, was about to go back to college she had graduated 
and wanted to go um, to social work school. So oh, she was okay. taking some prerequisites at BYU. And um, But I just didn't know what I wanted to be. Like I had, I part of it was that I felt like I had so many possibilities. Right. And part of it was just, I didn't know what I wanted or what, what I could do. So, you know, I was, my mom was like, just let, we're gonna go to BYU. And she <laughs> helped me apply and moved me into the dorms. And there I was at BYU. Um, and, and I made a lot of fun friends. Um, and um, I was just, I was an English major, which, and I would love literature and I love English. So it was a good major for me, but I kind of had this underlying feeling like, you're a creative person as well. And maybe you should look into other options. So right. one day I was walking on campus and I saw the school of graphic design and I was like, I had taken some art classes in school. And while I wasn't, didn't consider myself an artist, I just had such an underlying interest in graphic design. So I went to the program and asked like, can I, like, what do I need to do to apply? And they took me on a tour and they're like, we would love for you to apply, but you need this big portfolio. Right. And I got really discouraged. Really? And I intimidated. Like, oh, uh -huh. I'm not good enough to do this. <laughs> oh. And so I just went back to my English major and I, I didn't apply to, to graphic really? design school. But yeah. And, but, and that will come back when we talk okay. later on. Sure. So we'll circle around back to that right. experience. But um, yeah, so then I, um, I actually met Jeff, my husband, my freshman year um, at BYU. And he was down at Dixie. Okay. So we dated for a year and a half. And after my the end of my sophomore year, we got married and we um, moved to Salt Lake and I transferred to the U. To the U. Gotcha. Yeah. I didn't know he went to Dixie. Yep. <laughs> I knew I liked him more. Yeah. That's where I went. <laughs> oh, you yeah. did? I didn't know that either. Oh, that's yeah, funny. that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So. So um, you meet Jeff and in love of your life. And, you know, yeah. I mean. I, I never I, met anyone like him. He's just like just a unique he really Special is I, guy. I don't know how to say it either, but like, you know, my wife and I will talk about when, when we're around you guys and stuff, when we leave, we're like, man, he's just so unique. There's something about him, but it's, it's, a, it's awesome. Yeah. He's you know so I mean? centered and grounded yeah. and confident in himself. And, um, yeah, he, I've learned so much from being <laughs> yeah. married to him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I love how you even, you know, you, we were talking about earlier how he's just kind of let you you go fly, you go do your thing. I'm here to support you. I'm here to do what you need to do. And, yeah. and you know how that's played a role into what you're doing now even. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. He's just always been a rock for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you get married, um, and then you finish up at the U. And, well, actually or... I did not finish. Oh, so, okay. um, and this is where my story starts to get a little bit interesting again. Um, so I was in school and I was working full time and we'd been married about a year and I, that's when I was diagnosed with breast cancer the first time. So I was 21. Okay. And, um, which is really young for that, right? Is really that really young? That's it, not a normal thing, it, correct? It, no, it's more common now than it was then, but it okay. was kind of very unusual and unheard of. And like, I would tell people and they're like, oh, you don't have breast cancer. You just maybe have a cyst or, you know, right. or something. I was like, no, no, this is actually really cancer. This is serious. I mean, even medical professionals like wouldn't believe me. Really? Yeah, because it was just really uncommon for a 21 yeah. year old to have breast cancer at the time. And it was hard because like the doctors would say like, oh, this should be your mom, not you. And I, and I just felt like I had wow. a disease that wasn't meant for me, but I had it. So yeah, yeah or an illness. So it was challenging and scary. Um, to have cancer. So, um, yeah. So let's talk about that just a little bit. You're 21 years old. 
you're married uh-huh. to the love of your life, like uh-huh. you say. Yeah. You, you, you get diagnosed with cancer. Scary. I can only imagine. I mean, did you have thoughts of, man, I'm not going to make it or I'm going to. Yeah. You know, oh, those all those things? fears really play in, especially at the beginning. Um, for anyone who's been diagnosed with cancer or has a loved one, which is most everyone yeah. these days. But it's it's not like you just get a diagnosis and you know everything. It's like it takes a long time to have biopsies done and for right. them to read everything and figure out what um, what your stage is and what your prognosis is and what your treatment will be. And so it's yeah. those several weeks to a month of waiting and not sure is so scary. Yeah, and just lots of fears of like, oh, you know, I didn't get a chance to be a mom or, you know, like all those fear things that you sure. hope you have in your life yeah. and you really think about them. And, right. um, yeah, it was, it was really scary, um, for a little while there. Um, but like, you know, like, luckily we caught it soon enough. Soon but it enough, was like only enough. a stage two out of four. And so I had a lumpectomy and, okay. um, radiation. <clears throat> and then I did chemo for like four months, four so, months. Yeah. And then, and then you got clear, cleared from that mm-hmm. at that point, correct? Yep, yep. So yeah. I was clear and clean and just kind of went back to, so I'd stopped going to school at that time. Um, and so, yeah, I was just working and grateful to have insurance and benefits that could yeah, absolutely. <laughs> get us through that. So absolutely, yeah. um, we were, we're, we're really lucky with that. And um, yeah, so life just went back. I just kept working. Um, I was taking like one or two classes occasionally, but I didn't want to put a lot of stress in my life um, by t- working full time and going to school. So, um, and then Jeff graduated from college and he got his first real job. And so I, <laughs> right. I quit working and I went back to school. And so okay. I was at the U full time, but I also got pregnant right then. Um, okay. And so <laughs> I went, to, I did that full year of school. I only had like a year left, but I did not graduate. So okay. Um, when I had Chloe, I just, motherhood had been like such something that I had wanted so bad. And the doctors told me like, you may not be able to have kids. We'll just have to wait and see what the chemo does to your body. Because of the chemo. Yeah. yeah. And then you need to wait five years. And like two years later, I had a surprise pregnancy. And so I was a little worried about that. Like I didn't wait, will this be okay? But everything was great and she was born and she was, I was like, I just want to be a mom. I just want to be with her and enjoy every moment. And so that's, I chose to just be home with her. And that was, that was so much fun. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so let's jump ahead. So you were, you got diagnosed again, uh, at age 26, correct? Yeah. So when Chloe was two, I, um, I was at an appointment up at Huntsman and they found another tumor, a very, like a pea sized tumor. Uh-huh. And so again, we had to go through like the whole waiting period the of biopsies and yeah. testing. And turns out it was a, a new cancer on the other side. And I was lucky because it was not a recurrence. Um, okay. which, um, is more scary. It was a new cancer. Um, and by that time we had discovered that I carried the, or I had the BRCA1 genetic mutation for breast and ovarian cancer. And I mean, one of the things when I was diagnosed the first time was 
my grandmother had ovarian cancer and died from it and her sisters had breast cancer and her mother had breast cancer and her other sister had ovarian cancer so there's so much breast and ovarian cancer but it was on my dad's side and they like at that time this is like in the early 90s 1993 they said that you cannot get breast cancer through your dad's line like it's only through your mother that it's passed on Really, but um, by the time I was diagnosed that second time, we knew it came from my da- my dad that they had the, the mutation, and I had been tested. So, luckily, I was getting screening, and we found right, that yeah. cancer really early. It was stage one, and I just had surgery and radiation. It was quick and easy, and I just kind of went back to so life not as again. intense as the first time, Mm-mm. but because, like you said, you caught it early. Yeah, it was yeah. still scary. It's still yeah. scary for it to cut. You know, feel like oh, I have cancer again. Like what's happening to me? But like after that second time, we were like, okay, we've done two cancers. Like we are done. We it's don't over. have to have any more of this. So yeah, yeah. Did it did it affect you in a way where did you? I, I know you say that like we're done, we're moving on, but did you have these? I guess these thoughts at times going through your mind, like, man, I hope I don't get it again. Or I'm, you know, I'm, I'm feeling some pain. I wonder what that is. Yeah. I mean, I definitely developed a little hypochondria for one, Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, which is understandable considering what you went through. Yeah. So I would worry a little bit, but I would say day to day, I did not think about it as Mm -hmm. like as a a huge worry in my life. So you weren't like a worrying about it all the time? No, not at all. Yeah. You don't come across as a person who's worrying all the time, but I was just curious if yeah. that no, led for, to that. Yeah, I've kind of felt like, oh, okay, I've learned a lot. I, you know, like all these things happen for like, there's something I can learn from this. And yeah. hopefully I'm clear and done. And I kind of felt like I was. So yeah, yeah I was, I, I functioned pretty well. Right. But if something came up, then like, that's right where my mind went. Yeah. Right. And do you still just have Chloe at this time? Or yeah. Um, you... Yep. So I still just had Chloe. Okay. Um, and then... Um, about two years after I finished my treatment, we had Hannah Okay. and we were, and the doctors were like, okay, two kids is good. You're done. <laughs> right. They're good. <laughs> yeah. And, um, we were, we were so excited to have Hannah. She was, uh, Chloe was four. So it was nice yeah. gap between the two of them. But when Hannah was like six, seven months old, we had another surprise pregnancy and I was pregnant again. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I guess that family of two didn't happen. And I remember I read the pregnancy <laughs> results and I was like ecstatic. Like, I don't care that these babies are close together. I am having another baby and I'm yeah. so happy like just to sure. get one more in. Yeah, absolutely. So Olivia was born the weekend that Hannah learned to walk. So they're 14 months apart. Wow. Yeah, they're really close. <laughs> You really um, have your hands full now. Yes, like a baby right? in each arm. Sure. Yeah, and so about two weeks after Olivia was born, I found a little tum- like a little lump, and I went into the doctor, and they biopsied it and everything, and and they were like, "Oh, it's not cancer. It's you're fine." Oh, okay. I was like, "Great." You're like, "Good." Whew. And so I had had all yeah. sorts of exams and stuff. And literally less than two months later, I found like a huge lump again. <laughs> wow. So in a different spot. So okay. went back. In, actually, I went into denial because I, my soul like knew that that was cancer. I could just tell. <laughs> and I it was only for like two days, but I could not deal with the thought of cancer again. So I was like, I'm not going to tell Jeff. I'm just going to like wait a few days and see if it's still there. Right. Um, but luckily it was only a few days of denial because... I just like I have these little kids. I don't yeah, want to. Yeah, you you got three kids now, yeah. and and you're thinking we're past all this. Yes. 
like I don't want to deal with this. It was like, are oh, you got to be kidding me? Now I've got to deal with this again. Yeah, yeah. I can yeah. imagine why yeah. you would go there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So luckily, it was only a few days. So I told Jeff, and we called, and we went in, and I don't, I, you know. Like when I look back, every single time I ever found a lump, because I found several other, I had several other scares that we thought mm-hmm. might be cancer and they weren't. Right. And every single time I thought they were cancer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. well, yeah. Yeah. Right. But this time, like, I just had an even bigger feeling like that. Just kind of knew. Was, yeah. I just right. kind of knew. So that was more scary. I mean, Olivia was two months old. Hannah was 16 months old. Chloe was five. And it was just time where I really didn't want to right. have to go through things and the tumor was um growing fast because it you know like had appeared out of nowhere practically yeah, so you, yeah um so I had to have a bilateral ma- mastectomy okay and so that was one of the most painful <clears throat> things I've ever endured it was so horrible because <clears throat> I've had radiation therapy in the past it mm-hmm. was just like your tissue is not the same it's not the same right yeah Yeah, it's really painful what 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 stage did you were you in um i think i was in the stage two on that still stage stage, yes it was still caught early and it had none of it had ever spread but yet at this point they're thinking we've got to really go drastic measures here because we're yeah you're right and and really with the genetic mutation that's what they would have recommended anyways right yeah as a preventative measure so it just made perfect sense to have the mastectomy i actually did not have options you can't have lumpectomy twice so so what what i know it's been a while but let's what was your mindset at this point i mean what's going what are you what are you doing well (laughs) the first thing was just a lot of fear Mm -hmm. um Fear that like okay this keeps coming back maybe I won't survive this this time, um, or maybe I'll never <laughs> be clear you know maybe this will just yeah. keep happening but really just like just the fear of like oh I have these kids and I want to be here to raise them and right and what if I'm not like that's you know a big unknown and was scary um, yeah that would be a scary thought for yeah sure. yeah but you know really once you get a plan and once we found out that it hadn't spread i was like okay I, we can do this and right and it, every time we were like it doesn't matter what the odds are we will fight and give everything that we have every time and right. i've been wow. lucky that it hasn't been worse than it is and we've been able to catch things early but um that mastectomy was really hard because i couldn't pick up my kids for about a month um like so, they told me never, I should never pick up anything more than 10 pounds ever again. <laughs> but you know. Yeah. I, You're not going to listen to that. Nope. And I'm fine. <laughs> You're not going to listen to that. I built up my one. strength. I'm good. So yeah. obviously Jeff had to kind of kick in and yeah. really, you know, do yeah. a lot uh, to help out. and. For sure. And yeah. um, I mean, from the beginning, the very first time I got cancer, he was there to like make me whatever sounded mm-hmm. good he would make me he would drive anywhere across the valley if something some food right. sounded good because <laughs> yeah. when you're on chemo not every you know you don't yeah. have a great appetite um but sure. whatever it was he would just sit and rub my hair or help me in any way he was like so compassionate and so willing to like just be there with me and sit with me and what a blessing yeah right? oh yeah i think my parents would just fell in love with him when they saw like how he <laughs> oh, took care imagine. of me and yeah. yeah he was yeah and just 
unexpectedly wonder i thought he was wonderful but then i really found out yeah. how wonderful he was how old was chloe at this time when you found the last one the, she was, was five she was five mm-hmm. so probably still not understanding what's going on not really so much right yeah but okay. we had you know our friends and our the neighbors just pitched in and helped us yeah. so much and that's awesome care. yeah it was amazing like to see um, how people, we had just moved to a new neighborhood like six months before. And so like, we didn't know people super well, right. um, <laughs> in the neighborhood and they just would pitch in and help us and watch our kids and bring us meals. It was unreal. The support system that we had. And then, you know, our life, lifelong friends and our families, it yeah. just like was really beautiful and humbling to see how people yeah. will give up so much to help you. Yeah. So it's 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 really neat to hear you say this because you are one of many millions of people who have gone through this who understands what it means to fight through something that's this scary. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What in you got so you got a different perspective on things because of that. Yes. Can you talk about that a little bit like we're like someone who might be going through this right now that might be listening to this. Cause I've had a lot of requests like you need to have someone on who's been through this. What would you, what would be the advice? What, what's the fight? What's the, the drive? What helped you really truly get through this? I mean, obviously all that help is amazing, but yeah. you personally yeah. maybe talk a little bit about that if that's okay. Yeah. I think that every t- each time that I have these experiences that I, you know, I, I'm a spiritual person and I have been since I was young. And mm-hmm. I think that there was just a foundation that like, this is hard, but you, there is something divine and good in you and you oh, can wow. do, yeah. you can do hard things Yeah. and you don't want to do this. <laughs> this is beyond your control. Yeah, you don't want to do this, but, but you, yeah. you know, like you have strength and courage that you don't even realize you have. Yeah. And you can, you know, like, and I, I think that that gave me a lot of strength and courage sure. to just know that yeah. I'm not in control. I have to give up my control and that yeah. um, I'm just going to do the best that I can and yeah. we'll see what happens. Sure. <laughs> no, I love that. Thanks for sharing that because I think I agree. It's amazing how powerful we really are. And sometimes we don't recognize it or feel it or see it until we have to go through something really, really difficult. And like you said, like I, I realize I can do hard things and there's something divine in me that can overcome anything mm-hmm. despite what my what might happen to my body or this or that, but that I can rise above this and move forward. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love that. Yeah, yeah. And there's almost just you get to a point where you have to almost give that up and just say, I, I don't have control. Yeah. You know, like I, I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but, um, but here I am and here I'm, you are. <laughs> I'm going to keep fighting. Yeah. yeah. I love yeah. it. Um, so it's been what, 17 years. Yeah. Now my baby in is remission? Olivia is 17. So, so yeah, yeah, I know that it's been 17 years of wow. clean, yeah, clean health. And I feel really grateful. And, um, it's not something that's like in the back of my mind all the time. Like yeah. it's, um, but it's, but I do think that it gives me a sense of appreciation for being alive every day yeah, and for still sure. being here. Um, and yeah, just a lot of gratitude and trying yeah. to enjoy life. But, yeah. you know, 
Yeah. Life is still hard and has challenges. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you have three it's girls and that can be challenging. Well, yeah, I definitely. had three as well and, uh, <laughs> with a boy and mixed in there. And, but, uh, well, that, that's cool. And I really appreciate you sharing that part of your story. Um, yeah. I want to shift gears just a little bit. Um, you, you own a company called Lime Ricky. Mm-hmm. It's a swimwear company. Yeah. Let's talk about that because I mean, that's very impressive that you started it from really nothing and where it is today. So let's, Kind of talk about where the idea came from and why you decided to do this. Okay. All right. So <laughs> I um, I started the business with my two sisters. So, okay. um, and I think that's where we can circle back there is that I loved my, I love my sisters and we had a, cl- even though we weren't, we didn't actually always live in the same state until we were in our thirties. And so we suddenly were all living in, across the Wasatch Front and getting together frequently okay. and loving being together. And we learned to cooperate and work hard together growing up. And we could see as adults that we had each grown into our own person and we each had like really um, unique attributes that yeah. would together make a really good team. And so we were like, maybe we should start a business. And our husbands were like, yeah, you should. Like, <laughs> right. that would be cool. Think yeah. of something. So it took us a year for us to come up with like a concept that we were all excited about. Um, okay. We would have like dinners where our husbands would come and we'd have to bring five ideas each. And, oh, right on. you know, because we are different, we all had different ideas about yeah. what we would want to do. <laughs> and we just really couldn't settle on anything until um, one summer, my sister had taken her 13 year old daughter swimsuit shopping and they came home empty-handed, and uh-huh. her daughter turned to her and just said, "Mom, why don't you and your sisters do this?" And my sister got all excited, and we were actually at my mom's neighborhood swimming pool, and my sister told us, "Okay, I have the idea: <laughs> swimsuits." And we're, I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> right. that's really not my thing. I'm uh-huh. sorry. You guys can go do it, but maybe, maybe we won't do a business as <laughs> sisters." But like, the more we thought about it, we thought like, "Oh, we could design like some." fun cute swimsuits for our daughters um and let's just see what happens yeah and you my mom was with us when we like committed to do it and she we laid some ground rules and we were like she my mom said like you guys cannot let a business split you apart so you need to like make some ground rules and so we sat at the olive garden after going to a baby shower for our cousin and we like said okay family comes first our friend our, our sisterhood is more important than the business so we right. cannot let anything in the business um destroy the love and the friendship that we share as sisters right. and then you know because there's three of three sisters we have to do you know agree on things together and so those were kind of our ground rules but okay we knew nothing about swimsuits um yeah. great advice by your mom by the way to oh. say hey you guys need to sit down and get some ground rules because I don't want this coming between you guys. Right, because I love it. It's not. It's, sometimes it's not a good idea to go into business with your family, <laughs> I, right? I know, right. And I mean, if you look back, my sister Jennifer and I, she's just older than me. Uh-huh. We like we did not get along at all when we were like teenagers, younger. Like, yeah, yeah, we did not like each other at all. We're very different from each other. And Uh so for us to say like one day that we would be really close friends and love each other like so openly and easily, Uh like it was so cool to see that you can grow past that, like that teenage angst and the childhood hangups that you have. 
Um, and I would have never in a million years said that we would go in business together. <laughs> and here you are. And right? here we are. Yeah. And it's been 13 years. So, and we still love each other. So, um, <laughs> yeah, good. we've worked really hard. I think that's been a top priority for us. Um, so d- kind of describe the company. I mean, it's yeah, swimwear. Yeah, I mean, what's kind of your niche yeah, market? Or? So it started out kind of as more modest swim- swimwear. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that's just what we wanted to provide um, mm-hmm. was a modest option. Um, and for, and really kind of for our teenagers, right. but after we, so we did a bunch of research and we worked hard and built a website and developed like a small collection of swimsuits, like five collections, okay. um, or five suits. And, um, we launched it and started selling them. And we were like, our friends were like, well, we want them for us too. And we're like, of course you can wear them too. They're not just for teenagers. And we were wearing them. And so like, we've yeah. just kind of evolved into swimsuits for everyone. And um, <laughs> awesome. yeah, it was really, um, really, really fun and exciting and really hard. Um, I'd mostly been a stay at home mom. And right. um, because each of us have different talents and abilities, it was easy to see like where each of our natural leadership would go in the business and so um this is where it kind of circles back around to that story that i told you where i didn't go into graphic i didn't apply to the graphic design school so um i had been scrapbooking a lot with my girlfriends and that was like just something that i did as a young mom and um, i loved it and i love the creativity and um just this is a side note but i know you had heidi swap on a couple weeks ago i listened to her her amazing podcast and um she told the story of how she started to be a scrapbooker and she said that when um they would publish the scrapbook magazines like the people reading them would go home and like get out their magnifying glass so they could read what the scrapbookers had published exactly and like heidi swap was that person like i idolized her and i loved her work in the scrapbook world and like i would just I love, I, I loved her. I loved getting to know her family that way. And she actually ended up living in my neighborhood oh, really? a few years ago. So I got to know her oh, yeah, cool. and love her. So that was just, yeah, it's just awesome. kind of fun that she was on your podcast and that yeah. she's kind of a part of my story and how um, scrapbooking is what led to me taking over like the marketing part of my business. Okay. Um, and so I had wished like, oh, I wish I w- would have applied to graphic design school and done that when I had the chance. <laughs> and when my, my, I feel like my, you know, like that was coming from within and right. that I yeah. didn't listen <laughs> or follow that <laughs> instinct or that, um, that thought. But the great cool thing about life is that it's never too late. And yeah, like, right. It, okay, I didn't apply for graphic design school, but I took a bunch of classes and I've learned a lot and I'm self-taught and I love it. And that's yeah. um, okay. Like, yeah. I'm I'm okay with it. Um, yeah, it worked out. Yeah, really so if to, you don't actually. listen or you don't follow your instinct or your heart at the beginning, like, it's never too late to, yep. to, to continue that. Um, <laughs> so, and then, you know, I have one sister that's really business-minded, so she does the keeps us in line, makes sure our taxes are paid and our bills are paid and keeps everything up and running. And then I have another sister who's in charge of production. So yeah, we just work really well together. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like I said at the beginning, it was just about like swimsuits, designing a few swimsuits. And what we have feel like it has turned into is something bigger than that. And it's not really about swimsuits anymore. I mean, it was still a swimsuit company, but our mission and our goal um, is probably twofold. And the first would be that um, everyone is welcome. And 
Yeah. Come as you are. It doesn't matter what you look like, what you wish you looked like. You get like you are enough. You don't yeah. have to be super cool to or you have <laughs> to be that. a certain way. Like Lime yeah. is for everyone and everyone is welcome. And so um, we wanted to create a community that's safe to be you. You don't need to change, especially, you know, the social media yeah. um, world where um, everything you have to portray a certain look or be a certain way or photoshop yourself right. you know like we we have a strict rule we do not photoshop anything any Love woman it. yeah like you are enough and i had this experience and this was before lime ricky but it was right after i had my mastectomy maybe mm -hmm. six months after and i was on chemo and i was on steroids and i was and i just had two babies so i wow. i just felt like i didn't i was detached from my body and Right. not happy with the way I felt or looked at the time. And we went to St. George and Jeff took the kids swimming and I just sat on the sidelines in my clothes and watched them swim. Mm. And I was like, this doesn't feel very good <laughs> to be not, not in the water with them. Right. I am not, I'm just, and I felt sad and depressed and like I wasn't good enough. And, um, I just remember that experience as something like, okay, it doesn't matter what I look like. I need to, I want to be more involved and I want to be an active participant. And I would say that that would be the second part of what Lime Ricky is about. It's an invitation for all women to participate in life and be there, be there with your family, your friends, whatever it is, like get in the water, put it on a swimsuit. Stop worrying what you look like yeah. and just go enjoy the moment. I love that. Yeah. What a great what a great way to build a different type of uh, attitude towards this thing and and to let people, especially women, feel like they are included. Yeah, yeah. It's been really, um, really rewarding, and um, it's helped me be more mindful of my own life and right. how I want to participate in it. And, yeah. Yeah, and there's something um, that. I like to think of, and that's that we are, our bodies are instruments, not ornaments. And it's not about Ooh. what we look like. We have like these physical bodies that do things. And so whatever it is, do not let what you look like stop you wow, I love from, that. from doing what yeah. you want to do. I've never heard so. it said that way. Your bodies aren't. Uh, ornaments they're, they're, they're instruments yep and that comes from beauty redefined okay. um, yeah that is not my quote that comes from beauty redefined okay. who are, they're doing great work on um on body positivity and love that yeah that's yeah. powerful yeah very powerful so if you don't mind like how would someone you know find out about your company how would they go to your website let's talk a little yeah. about it so, so people yeah. can go research that yeah so lime Ricky has two stores first of all we have a store down in provo <clears> at the riverwoods and then one in salt lake and then um online at limericky.com it's spelled l-i-m-e-r-i-c-k-i.com and um we're on instagram right at lime Ricky on facebook and yeah it's a it's a we try to be a happy welcoming space yeah. on the internet and cool it's been really fun to see we sell all over the world um all over the united states and canada and um it's just been fun to see um that our idea has grown and that people right. enjoy our product and <clears throat> we have great um 
great customers who share a lot of feedback with us and help us um, know that we're on the right track. Right. How long have you yeah. been in business now? So 13, this is our 13th year right on. in business. So that yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. It's, I mean, I never would have imagined that this would be my well, you life. You know what I love about the part of the story is how you guys got together and you'd have dinners and everyone's got to come with five ideas, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. And, and I love it because you guys put in some effort to make it happen, if that makes sense. Like a lot of times we'll have an idea of doing something and then we don't do anything. Like yeah. we, or we feel like, ah, I don't know if I can do that. But you guys just, let's find this idea. Let's keep at it. Let's keep pushing it forward. And I think that's good advice for our listeners and including myself. Like if we've got, if we want to do something, just put some effort towards it and something's going to come up to the surface Right, right, right. Yeah, it does. It takes a lot of work and commitment. But I think one of the things that helped us is to have like to have each other as someone who we hold like we hold each other accountable. You know, we right. work together. And so even if you yeah. don't have a partner in what you're doing, like just to have a friend yeah. or a family member be that person that can hold you accountable to the work you want to do yeah. um, can really that. make a difference. Yeah. But Love yeah, it. it does. It takes work and um way more than we realized um when we started you know like yeah. but it's been like one of the greatest experiences of my life that and i have cool. learned so much it's been um it's helped me in in every area of my life either right. something that it applies to and it's been really great for our family i mean one of the best things about it was i mean jeff was always an involved dad he's right. always helped but we've really turned our family into like let's work together to get things done because Whoa, we're just not cool. we don't follow like the typical stay-at-home mom and right. dad that works and so we work <laughs> together jeff jeff does laundry and cooks meals and like yeah. he you know we just share in raising and our kids and taking care of our home and family and that has been like so beautiful and wonderful and knowing like he has my back and I have his back. I support him in his career and job and right. through the ups and the downs and we've had them all. Right. And sure. Yeah. You guys have been through some yeah, things. And yeah. Yeah. That's so, great. Yeah. It's been really wonderful and top, given my kids an opportunity to work and they all know how to work hard and know what it takes to yeah. run a business one day if they want to do the sure. same. and. Yeah, yeah, what a great example for them and uh, for them to follow. And yeah, it's beautiful. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's I been love really it. Fun. Well, I want to shift gears again just a little bit because I know you're really passionate about human rights. Yeah, and I know that's a, probably a big subject, but uh, let's talk yeah. about that and and why why you're why you're so passionate about it. You know, I think I I came into this world with a soft heart and a <laughs> compassionate heart, right. and I think that also traveling the world contributed to that, but. There's, I just can't see that anyone is not equal to me, whether you're right. a different gender, a different race, a different um, sexual orientation. Like we are all equal and we are all yeah. alike. And so, Amen to um, that. yeah, I think it's really important that um, we work, we work through that and yeah. work together to bring more love and acceptance into the world and yeah. um, understanding <clears throat> and compassion and um, yeah, just working on that for myself and my family and trying to, to be a positive example of Love that. Love it. Yeah. Well, what's cool about that is it's empowering when you do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when, you know, 
com- being compassionate, soft heart, you know, sympathetic, empathetic, whatever you want to say, it's empowering, right? And when we, when we, I really, I've, I, and I've learned this too through my life. You know, I work with a lot of clients who are come from all walks of life and they've been through all kinds of different things and, you know, and they have different religious backgrounds or different beliefs about the world or whatever. And it's really opened my eyes to so many different things. And it's really empowered me because I now just love them for who they are, period. Wow. Yes. And so that's what I hear you saying. Yes. And and I think this applies not only to other people, but to ourselves that it's not what we accomplish. It's not what we do. Like we all are of worth. Every single right. person is of worth. Yeah. And I think... Um, like through my own insecurities, my own, I mean, one of the things um, that I've struggled with in my life is perfectionism Mm -hmm. and anxiety and then shame (laughs) that I'm not perfect. And so um, I've, I've really learned the last few years, like what that means to really love and accept myself for all my flaws and help me to see other people in that same way like okay like I said something really stupid and I did (laughs) something really stupid and I made lots of mistakes or whatever yeah but I'm I can still love myself through this right and I can love each person despite our differences um and we might not believe anything the same yeah but I still believe you are at worth I love that I love that and what a great way to kind of maybe just ending our our belief cast together today and um i love that what great advice and you look at your life from you know from all the adventures as a young kid and then just the challenges with the cancer and overcoming that and you know having jeff in your life and your girls and and then coming up with a company and all this stuff and how it just all happened for you and and it's led to you to have this realization that loving those who are different is the way to be and I don't know it's just yeah I yeah. can just see it I unfold love the way, yeah I love the way you sum that up yeah that's, <laughs> that's why I love what I get to do this because I hear these amazing stories and I just I can see it and it's like wow it's amazing it's no wonder who you are today well honestly uh-huh. this light and this powerhouse I really look at you that way and um, I you know my wife and I think the world of you and Jeff and uh, you guys are just amazing people and I'm so glad my listeners got to hear oh, your story thank today. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's so nice of you to say. And you know, like, I feel the same way about you and Bonnie. And I know the work that you do is really hard. And I know that you give your whole heart to it. And you are oh, making you. a difference in the world. And thank not you. everyone does. And I think that's really, and, and your job is not easy. It's really, yeah. it requires a big part of your heart and yeah. A big, yeah. yeah but not to take it on you know sure. like you still have, you know like and yeah. not everyone can do that and have the yeah. the mindset to be able to help people who are struggling and mm-hmm. you you are um just such a great example to me i really admire you oh, that was really nice of you to say yeah. oh. thank you so much yeah thanks Todd. and i appreciate you being on and so if people wanted to reach out to you um, if you're comfortable sharing, sure. like how, what would be the best way if they have a question for you or if they're struggling with cancer or whatever, yeah, absolutely. how would they reach out to you? Um, you could reach me at my email, Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E at LimeRicky.com or, okay. um, I'm on Instagram, Nicole Bruder, 
or even just like through Lime Ricky, if you were to send something to customer service or okay. on our Instagram, they would they would send that to me. Awesome. So, yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Sure. Well, there you go, listeners. If you want to reach out to Nicole, ask her any questions, or if you've gone through cancer and you've got a story you'd love to share with her, please do. Nicole, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to do this. I'm. It's my honor to have you on here. Oh, and thanks, Todd. Yeah, it was so fun. Absolutely. And again, I got to thank our sponsor, uh, uh, Veracity Networks. They're an amazing company. And Drew, thank you so much for making that possible. And uh, there we go, uh, uh, listeners. Another amazing story. I just, I they just keep coming. It's just amazing that I get to rub shoulders with these amazing people. So please share this with all, all of those that you know, and especially those who might have uh, be struggling with, you know, even if it's with cancer or just you know life in general. Please share this with them. And thanks for all your support.